AJ Jones, tell me how excited you are. I'm very excited. And why are you very excited? I'm excited for a number of reasons, but for one particular reason, we have a special guest today. And is it the bearded wonder that is Chris McClarney? It is the bearded wonder. <laughs> what people can't see is just how nice this setup is. Um, uh, <laughs> have have you ever described it to them before? No. No. <laughs> it's like um have have you guys ever seen TBN? Uh that's what this is like. Oh, it's just almost uh, exactly. lots almost of gold. Exactly like that. Lots of gold mirrors Thrones. everywhere. Mm-hmm. Gold Do you like the chandelier? <laughs> oh gosh, yes. Uh it's so big. Lots of crystal. Chris, I'm going to slightly embarrass you. Oh gosh. No, but seriously, I know it's not always helpful to talk about like people being like oh my gosh you're my favorite worship leader and all that sort of stuff because people feel left out and you know all that sort of stuff but you have famously said that i'm your favorite worship leader and what is it that makes me yeah (laughs) what is it that makes me such a good worship leader um you know i think it's your humility And my prophetic dance, the well, way I blend. The uh, yeah, two. of course, and the way you rock the kazoo. I mean, it just doesn't buzz the way it does for you with other people. It's, it's the Scottish gifting that I have. Yeah, His skills. Mm. All joking aside, <laughs> completely ecstatic that you're here on our podcast. I'm so happy to be here. Thanks for having me. And you are legitimately one of our absolute favorite worship leaders. Oh, you're so sweet. No, seriously, in the whole world, and we can say that because we've traveled pretty much <laughs> the whole world. And there's nobody like Chris McClarney. These guys, you guys are so nice. <laughs> no, it's totally true. Um, tell us what you've been up to. How was your Christmas? It was really good. We stayed home. It was low stress. And uh, you have three small children. How can that be low stress? Well, um, I say that as somebody with three small children. That isn't a criticism yeah. of your no. children. <laughs> yeah. Jazzy, I've, just <laughs> I've met your kids. Um, <laughs> no, it was it was good. They, uh, yeah, it was just a good Christmas. Nobody wanted anything like massive or stupid, so everybody got exactly what they wanted for Christmas. So, what did you get? I got Legos. So I you get. Love I love Legos. I, I think you're awesome. So for my birthday and Christmas kind of combined, Jazz got me the Lego Death Star. <gasps> it's it's There's like a 4, Lego 000, Death Star? Oh, it's like 4,000 pieces. Get it's like, out. You, well, you can't see what I'm doing with my hands on the podcast. <laughs> it's big. <laughs> I'm, I'm Right now I'm showing them how big it is. Uh, and have you built it already? Uh, so it it's a massive box. And inside of the massive box, I expected to find a bunch of Legos. But what I found was four other boxes of Legos. And I'm through box three. I haven't even opened box four yet because I had to. I went to Toronto for New Year's. It's the gift that keeps on giving. It's now, so fun. And my witness kids, the power of this fully operational <laughs> battle station. Yes. And my kids know, like... Uh, De- it's the Death Star because they will die if they touch it before I'm done. <laughs> it's, good to, it's good to clarify that at the beginning. <laughs> Do not touch my Legos. I'm the bad guy in the Lego movie. That's me right now. <laughs> You're going to glue it all together. That's right. I'm not sure if this is an appropriate story, but it is one of the fa- my favorite stories you've ever told me. <laughs> and you have three daughters. Yeah. And one day, one of your daughters <laughs> happened to pass the bathroom while you were peeing, standing up. Yeah. And I've set, set up, tell us the story of what happened with that. So that uh, it's my oldest. Well, maybe it was the middle one. 
they're 10 and 8 now, but this was when they would have been like 4 and 2. She passed by the bathroom and took two steps back, look, looked in, and just mouthed the word, how. <laughs> how. And what was your reply? I don't even remember. The way I remember you telling me was, you flushed, you turned around, you were like, magic yeah that's yes that is definitely something yes that sounds just like what i would have said all right back to the plot you were in toronto for new year which makes us very jealous because lots of our friends family and loved ones are there so when i went there you we texted them while i was on my way and you told me to say hi to everybody right and so i had planned to journal i was going to say hi to literally everybody and then write down what they said but i got bored after three but (laughs) the jackson said hi (laughs) i'm glad uh some guy i don't remember his name but he said hi too oh good yeah so you just you should have just said it once hi everybody from alan that's what i should have done in hindsight but in the moment it seemed like a better idea to individually go to people (laughs) and tell them that you said hi uh, I just want you to know my heart was in the right place. Well, thank yeah. you. Yeah, I appreciate that. <laughs> yeah. It's amazing. We we have, I hope you agree with the statement, we have an awful lot in common, and then we have an awful lot that's not in common. Oh, yeah. And the thing that we definitely have in common is our low boredom threshold. <laughs> like, we get bored so right. quickly. Yes. At, which I love about you. And so when we were on staff together at Gray Center, Staff you, meetings. You were the person that got me through staff meetings. That is so funny. And <laughs> yeah, yes, ditto. just but in life, whenever we would do stuff, our boredom threshold would hit about the same time. So I totally understand the the, the thing about the journals. Um, what was the conference like? Leading worship. It was good. Did you take a team or use their? No, band? I went by myself and played with their team. Uh, they told me it would be the best musicians in all of Canada. And was that true? I mean, you have an addition. Uh, to the rest Canada's of the a big. Yeah, I need to listen to. <laughs> That'd be hard to. Hey, you guys have new money in Canada. Yeah, yeah, it's plastic. Yeah, it was cool. It's so I have cool. Some on me. You but, can I mean, run you, again. Watch. You can't see it on podcast. Right. <laughs> you guys should Google Canadian money. You What's should... it? It's called a loony. A loony. Uh, oh well, yeah. loony. That's that's, that's the coin. Oh, is that what you meant? Yeah, but the the money is now plastic, which means it can go through the washing machine, whatever. It it, it doesn't rip. It's the same thing that they use for the cool. Euro, and Australia has it. It's so you know. cool. Yeah. I just realized it may be possible that you're listening to this podcast and you've no idea who Chris McClarney is. And I bet you do, you just don't know that you do, because Chris has probably written some of the songs that you love the most, some of your oh, worship yeah, songs. No, seriously. like. <laughs> well, it's funny, because when we first started working at Grace Center, I remember some people thought that some of the songs we were singing were, were written by... Chris Jesus Kalala, culture, oh, whatever, and they were yeah. your songs. They released a bunch of your songs before yeah, you which had. is fine. That's fine if people think Chris. I've been, I've done radio interviews for Chris Kilala. <laughs> In fact, we should rewind this. Say <laughs> that we have just, Chris Kilala yeah, with just us. Just tell them that it's Chris Kilala. Hey, Chris, thanks for joining us all the way from Sacramento. I appreciate that. Uh, yeah. It's awesome I, to see you. I love, yeah, it's, it's so good to be in uh, sunny Tennessee. But you, so Chris McClarney is a worship leader, songwriter, known for, I don't know, just go Google him. You, I, I guarantee you've listened to some, your songs have been covered by some amazing people as well. Like, so all the Bethel guys have done a lot of your songs. 
Who who was the big thing that got a lot of radio airplay? Oh, that was the Newsboys. The Newsboys. What was that like for for you oh, to hear that, the Newsboys well, well, sing your the, song? The twelve year old of me that still loves Legos peed his pants because <laughs> <laughs> it's not just the Newsboys. Uh, Michael Tate from DC Talk is the lead singer. So 12-year-old me was like, oh, my God, DC talk <laughs> and the news was. Uh, but, you know, 30-something-year-old 30, 30 me, I'm 35 now, back then I was 33. 33-year-old me was like, oh, yeah, no big deal. You know, I played it cool you, on the inside. On though. the, about the inside. <laughs> oh, yes. Um, I'm going to play word association with you. Okay. I'm going to throw out worship leader names. Right, and these are friends of yours, so we're not just name dropping. These are people you legitimately know. I want you to give, like, I'm not, I'm not going to limit you to one word, but just rapid fire. First thing that pops in your head when I say the name Brian Johnson, Hunter, Jen Johnson, host, Krista Black, she's a genius, Matt Redman, royalty, Luke Finch, English, <laughs> and great hair. Great hair. Do you remember when he got here? I was so mad when he got here because here this guy comes taking my place. He's skinnier than me. He has more hair than me. He has a better accent. <laughs> than has a all way of better us. accent. I was like, <laughs> and he has hair. Not right. I was, you know, God, why can't he be bald and fat? Because um, <laughs> Luke is such a good worship leader. I wanted him to not. I wanted him to have some flaws that were very visible, but right? he did not. Yeah, and like, you're like, fail, dang it, fail. Why, God? Anthony Skinner. <sighs> He's like a brother. Chris Kilala. Uh, humble. Michaela McLaird. She's fun. Funny. Jesse Early. Angel voice. Brenton Brown. He is one of the funniest dudes I, I know. That dude is so funny. He'll text, he texts me the weirdest pictures. Um, he likes to face swap people. Oh, my so gosh. It's, it's great. It, uh, so I'm going to say face swap. Martin Smith. Oh, Yoda. I mean, he kind of is. He's like the pinnacle of awesome worship writers. So He is amazing, isn't he? Will Reagan. Okay, Will Reagan, um, spontaneous. Very good. <laughs> okay, so how do you write songs, and what comes first, words or melody? Um, you know, people always ask that same question. And wherever you go in the world, people say, do you write melody or lyrics first? And uh, it's always different. I always, uh, it's, yeah, I mean, the way I write songs is, well, it depends. The way I enjoy writing songs the most is to just give a little extra time in worship and just uh, do some spontaneous bits and uh, then take kind of farm those later for the best parts and then write songs around the spontaneous nuggets that really work the best. Can I, can I jump in on the bit about, so your favorite way of writing songs is letting worship go somewhere, seeing spontaneously what happens, and then yeah. revisiting that. All right, so here's one of my secret treasures. When I started working at Grace Center, I found an old hard drive with a whole load of just, I guess it was the soundboard dump, just, just a mix of live worship. It's some of my most treasured worship to listen to. It's you, it's, I don't know, I don't know who, who are the musicians, because I wasn't there, this predates me being there. But it's you, Alberto, yeah. you know. Anyway, it's amazing. But in the middle, 
there's this spontaneous refrain that goes on forever and ever and ever, and you start singing this one line, who is this king of glory? And you just sing it over and over and over yeah. and over again. Now, what happened was years later, you have a song on, I think, Defender, the album, called Who Is This Love Amazing? Yeah. Did that song come from that spontaneous refrain yeah. from years before? <clears throat> I'd say most of my best ideas kind of come from the spontaneous worship moments. and Yeah, so that that one, well, I think, you you can play the recording for him, right? Yeah, I'll magically. I'll, I will magically play the clip from years ago. What what, what date do you think that was? Oh, like just gosh. roughly. I mean, we got here two thousand and five. No, we got here through two thousand and. I wouldn't even end know of eight. Two, oh, two thousand eight. Oh well, then this MP three says two thousand five. Oh, there you go. So time stamp. I bet was that's it. Two thousand five, and who is this love amazing? You wrote that. Uh, when did that come out? It came out two thousand ten. Four. I years purchased ago. it. 2010 is what it says. So five years later. Yeah. So, I'm going to play the before and the after. Do it. All right, I will.
Um, yeah. So the that's the that song came out of a spontaneous time. Your love never fails came out of a spontaneous time. Uh, we came to the end of uh, breathe, and I just kept playing some chords on the piano in the hospitality room at Grace Center. Right. And I just started singing, you know, you make all things work together for my good. And then I was like, oh, I got to write a song around that because it just felt so right. And um, try and think of some of the other, it's just so many. There, There's a few I'm working on right now that have, I feel like I've been singing them spontaneously because you sing something once and it becomes part of your like, oh well, now it's it's something I might use later. So I've had these ideas, these spontaneous bits that I've sung for you know ten years maybe, and just now getting around to finishing up songs around them. But what's great about doing it that way is I know that the song works in that live environment as right. opposed to you just write a song, maybe it works or it doesn't work. Uh, I heard a, an interview at one point where you were talking something about the songs of heaven. Yeah. Um, I feel like I tell this story too much, but... Uh, but it's such a great story. Oh, you're so sweet. It makes me cry. The first time I heard it, it made me cry. I'm going to tell you two things that made me cry about you. You tell the story first. I keep interrupting you. Sorry. No, it's fine. <laughs> um, so that I was... I wanted to write a bunch of songs and... Well, we needed songs for church. They there just weren't songs that said the stuff that I wanted to say. And I sit down in my church office with like a concordance and you know different rhyming dictionaries and notebooks and <laughs> highlighters and pens of various the ink. Thought of you doing that is so hysterical. <laughs> various ink, you know, sizes like one millimeter bold, you know, point seven, you know, fine tip sharpies. You know, I had everything. Uh, guitars, capos, uh, different types of guitars. I still remember it. It was that front office at right. Grace Center. And I sit down in there with my notebooks open and my Bibles and all sorts of goodies. And I asked the Lord, you know, my idea was, oh, if I could sing the songs that they sing in heaven, that would be like the next, you know, Martin Smith, you know. Right. I could sing of your love forever. And so I I asked the Lord, you know, Lord, I just closed my eyes. I held my hands out in front of me. I just said, Lord, give me the songs of heaven. And I felt God show up. And it was the most real I've ever felt the Lord. And it was something in between, like, scared and excited. Part of me was like, you know, what was me? You know, and the other half of me was like, here it comes. Best song ever. And uh, <laughs> and uh, and God spoke to me. It wasn't like audible voice. Whatever's right under that, He said, "Chris, I have the songs of heaven. What I want are the songs of Chris." And it was like a brick hit me in the middle of my chest, and I just wept. I was just crying everywhere. It was the idea that I was looking for a song out there. Like, oh, there's these songs that that are out there, and if we're smart enough, we can put them together. And, uh, but the truth is that the song is like inside of you. It's something you let out as opposed to find. You know, I guess in some ways I've had to learn to search inside of myself. So there is a searching and finding, but the real worship 
isn't it's it's the outpouring of what's in my heart and uh yeah i think the reason why some of my songs have done so well is i'm just so normal other people have the same feeling in their own hearts i'm right. the most normal guy i know well I think everybody probably feels that way. Does anybody <laughs> feel weird? Anybody be like, Anyone? I'm the weirdest person I know. Because <laughs> what you feel is normal. That didn't make any sense. You can edit that or okay. leave it in. <laughs> <laughs> I love that story so much. Oh. You know the second story I love, which I'm going to tell on your behalf, is I remember watching you being interviewed and somebody said, what made you want to be a worship leader? And you said, I don't want to be a worship leader. I want to be a great father. Oh. And I just thought, I I would imagine, like we've talked a lot about success. We've talked a lot about, you know, privately, like over lunch, over coffee, that sort of stuff, about how you can look at people who've made it and think, oh, if I do what they're doing now, I'll get what they've got. But if people look at you and go, oh, I want to be like Chris McLaren, I want to write the next songs, <laughs> they've got it wrong because... Like like you said, your heart is, I actually want to be known as a great dad to three kids. Yeah. It's not my heart to be a world-famous worship leader. And so the Lord's like, oh, great, you're seeking first the kingdom of God. I'll add those other <laughs> things to you. Here you go. Travel the world being a great worship leader. Well, it's, uh, you know, I feel, I know there's a calling on my life. I feel like Abraham, the Lord made a promise, like, hey, look up, and your children will outnumber the stars in the sky. I feel like the Lord has given me a call in my life and made a promise in my life. And the danger is that we try and make that happen on our own, the same way that you know Abraham made Ishmael. Right. The danger is we make Ishmaels. And the bummer about that is Ishmael is, is always the enemy of Isaac. And that thing that you make happen on your own or you're helping God out in some way is like, the enemy of the real promise that God has for you. And I'm not perfect at it, but my goal in life is to not make Ishmael's. And so on purpose, I just try and rest in the knowledge that God has a plan for me is, you know, there is that balance of, you know, when God tells you to step forward, you know, start moving. But uh, for the most part, it's, it doesn't, at least for me, it hasn't looked like what it normally looks like for people getting into the music business. I feel like I've gone the opposite direction and ended up in the same place in a lot of ways. Um, well, like David, who is physically anointed to be king, like actually anointed by the guy who anoints kings right. to be king, and he didn't, like he went back to take care of sheep. And then doing that, in that like act of... Humility or ignorance, I don't know what the reasons behind it were, but that act of not taking the kingship, but f kind of falling into it along this journey years later, uh, it, it's, it made him one of the greatest kings ever. And yeah, I, for me, I just try and stay as low as possible and as humble and you know, follow what the Lord's saying to do in the moment. And Which brings up... What I would say, and you know I love you, so <laughs> what I say next, you know, is with kindness. The most frustrating thing <laughs> about being in relationship with you is, and I admire it greatly, 
but it goes to such extreme <laughs> lengths that I'm like, are you freaking kidding me? Is your absolute refusal to promote yourself or promote anything that you're doing? Like, which I love, like I, in, in a, in a world that doesn't do that. Like even in the Christian world and you know, you can flick through magazines and want to vomit because everybody's self promoting themselves. But I feel like there's got to be some sort of middle ground when I observe your life, there's no middle ground at all. Like I remember the day, I remember the, and I remember being so furious with you that I happened to be in a staff meeting and I was bored, so I went to iTunes just to see what was new, and what was new that day was your new album that nobody knew you had recorded had debuted at number eight on the charts. And so in the middle of the meeting, I just interrupted the passes meeting and I was ticked. I was like, how in the heck have you recorded an album and told nobody that you've recorded an album and it's released and it's entered the charts at number eight. Like, like I understand that wanting to promote yourself, but we're your family and we want to celebrate you. So, like, how do you... Is it... It's, is a, that, really, it's a good point. Is it just <laughs> your intention in your heart to not get caught up in that, that you've swung to the other degree? Yeah. Or or what... I mean, I love your heart. <laughs> yes. But at the same no, time... No, it's, it's true. There's... I, I don't think the way that I live is necessarily, like, healthy or the way everyone should do it or the best plan. But... Growing up in Nashville, I grew up around people that were always promoting themselves. Right. And when I got into leading worship here, it was like, I just wanted to be set apart, you know, just opposite. And so, yeah, I <laughs> I don't think the way, I don't think not telling you guys was the best plan. I, <laughs> but I'm glad in hindsight that you realize that. <laughs> um, but, you know, I think... I think that um it at least for me I've tried to just be other than you know right. and I think that's noble and I think that's lovely. It is lovely. Yeah, I mean part of it is like just trying to keep myself safe cuz it's a easy I mean that's a it's a downward spiral. I mean you kind of I don't know I I, I want people to be able to look at my life and say that and if you, it, I want I want to be able to say that the Lord ordered those steps and that God. I honestly I don't know. My mom bought you know so many CDs that my that my CD went to the top of the iTunes chart. Poor mom, <laughs> opening <laughs> iTunes accounts all day. Um, <laughs> I don't believe um, that for a minute. <laughs> so you know, I I honestly I don't know how it did so well because I didn't tell anybody, but that's just like part of the testimony that, that I feel it's, I wouldn't want to give that up, but I don't think, I think you're right. I probably should have told you guys. <laughs> well, I think there's, I, I just wonder if I think part of it is there's a difference. So I a hundred percent, I use, when I teach on destiny, I use you as an example all the time because <laughs> there's stories I'm not even going to tell publicly because it would embarrass you and, and undermine your humility for me to boast about the stuff I know that you've done in humility and in secret that other people you know don't know that that's promoted you but that whole thing of like you humbling yourself before the Lord and he will lift you up in due time yeah. you seeking first the kingdom and he'll add all these other things to you and you're a real living example of that I think the the part that has frustrated me is 
The other part is, I'm not sure you've been great at allowing other people to celebrate the genius that you are in your community. Like, and you're right. That, that has say that again, hard. but louder. Yeah, <laughs> you're right. <laughs> you're just gonna edit that into other places. <laughs> but seriously, because you're you are an absolute treasure. Like everybody who knows you loves you genuinely because you are a gift and you're a treasure. I think you know what I mean. It's I think one of my greatest strengths is also a weakness. It's like the thing that makes me want to stay under the radar is the thing that kind of keeps me under the radar. I don't, it's like that. And, you know, I think I've consciously tried to make efforts, you know, at least recently, uh, because I am working on a new record, which I don't know if I'm allowed to talk about, so I won't, but, uh, but I am working on a new record and, um, yeah. When, when your new record comes out, can you come back and tell us about the new record? Yeah. Because I know about the new record, yes. and I'm so flipping excited about this new record that just I a, wish we could just talk a about it. Just bit excited. Um, how about I'll tease by saying that we're recording on January 23rd and 24th, and then people can Google to figure out where that might be. <laughs> Ooh, it's a clue. It's a clue. We're going to do rapid fire. All right. Here we go. Burgers or hot dogs? Burgers, for sure. Pepsi or Coke? Coke. Shower. Has anybody ever said Pepsi? Right. <laughs> I hope not. Not on this show. No. You get out. <laughs> Shower or bath? When I was a kid, I was such a bath guy. But now I can't be bothered. One, our tub is so tiny, and I'm, I'm just too big to enjoy a bath in our tiny regular tub. I would prefer baths still, though. But I take showers. Acoustic or electric? Acoustic. Beard or mustache? Both. Ice cream or cupcakes? Mm, ice cream. Chick-fil-A or In-N-Out? In-N-Out. Really? Yeah. I don't understand. But you've never In-N-Out. had it. What, you, I've had it several times. You have never had it? You've never <laughs> Darling, even been to California. Are you kidding me? <laughs> I've had it with you in California. I don't remember that. Okay. Popcorn or pizza? Pizza. Night at home? Or night on the town? What's the town? What town am I in? Is it a big city? You're in Armpit, Nebraska. No, <laughs> night at home. <laughs> New York am I in City New with York? Jazzy. <laughs> yeah, at night on the town. But <laughs> yeah, I'm not I'm not going out on the town if it's Arkansas. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm sure Arkansas. Are there a lot of yeah. people from Arkansas that listen to this? We hope it's, not. It's, major, it's our major demographic. <laughs> All right, serious question. And this is, honestly, this is what has, spent, has been occupying all my time at the moment, is I've been thinking about the anointing. I've been thinking, like, John and Carol Arnott come into town, they stand on a stage, and with a microphone say, Holy Spirit, we welcome you. And the Holy Spirit falls, and people are healed, and it's, it's just absolute crazy, and it's just glory, and it's amazing. Another person who's a sincere believer, they love Jesus, they have the same Holy Spirit in them, say the same words and nothing happens. You stand up and you might just play an opening chord. And I've heard you do this so many (laughs) times. And when you play just maybe the opening chord, the anointing comes. And when somebody else, let's say somebody who's a more skilled guitarist than you (laughs) plays up and plays that same chord and the anointing doesn't show up. (laughs) Why? Do you have any insights on that? Um. 
Yeah, I mean, I think that I mean it's a it's probably really complicated issue. A part of it is the anointing that's on my life. Again, I feel like I'm in the middle of what God has for me. I just know that this is what I was made to do, and I love to do it. And it just doesn't feel right to be able to wake up and and be able to lead worship. And it just I love it. I love life. I'm living the perfect life. The other thing I think is the expectancy of people. When John and Carol come, there's this expectancy that something's right. going to happen when he speaks. And the same way, you know, we built such a community around worship, and there was that expectancy that, oh, something's going to happen. And um, I, I, I think I bring that up to say that it's not... The thing about the anointing is it's not something that you, um, it's not something that just happens. I mean, it can just happen, but it's, I've found in my life, it's, it's something that kind of increases over long periods of time. And I know that the, the level of anointing, for lack of a better word for it, that I move in is a direct result of decisions that I've made that have nothing to do with leading worship. Oh, so brilliant! They're answer. like life decisions that, right. that the stuff that really matters um, behind the scenes, and it's not. I don't think that it's like sin stuff. I mean, that's a that's a issue, obviously. But the things that have mattered the most are the the times in my personal life where I've kind of risked it all and laid it all on the line for the Lord and for, you know, it wasn't like I did it to, oh, well, I want more anointing to lead worship, so I'll do this thing. But it was like, I, some of the hard decisions that I've made, I've noticed right on the other side of that, that, you know, there was an increase in the authority of my life. I think part of that is, you know, we, you grow and your own skill and, uh, you know, the, Leading worship is you're navigating something in the spirit. It's not. It's just like anything else. You can learn to kind of, you know, work in that realm, and you learn how it normally moves and feels. And the same way, you know, people that judge whether artwork is fake or real, they can do it like that. They just walk into right. a room. That one's. Fake, 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 real. Now, well, how'd you know? I don't know. I just felt it. And it's the same right. way for me when I'm leading worship. Well, how did you know what to do? I just, I I don't know. I, and, and it's frustrating for people like Alan, because um, I know you like to, you like to figure out why things work. And in yeah. such a big way, I just have no idea. It's right. like, But I think you just gave such excellent answers there. Chris. Oh, you're... <laughs> no, no, seriously, you do. I, remind, I remember one of my favorite stories that John Arnott told me was they went to New Zealand and they were in the middle of worship and the worship leader just passed out, boom, to the <laughs> ground. In fact, the worship team, all of them just out in the spirit. So everybody looks at each other and the senior pastor is like, uh, we should probably go up and explain something. So the senior pastor gets up on the stage to say, hey, guys, we're, you know, I, we're not sure what you know, is going on, as he gets up on the platform, boom, the Holy Spirit hits him and he <laughs> falls out. So now they're looking at like each other and so they nudge the associate pastor. The associate pastor, 
he gets up to say, <laughs> just to try and help people understand, because people are like, what's going on? He gets up, and as he gets on the stage, boom, down he goes. So now they're looking around, and it's one of the elders. He gets up, same thing happens. They're all gone, and they just look at John and say, you know, you go up. And as John is walking up the stairs, he's like, Lord, Holy Spirit, what are you doing? And the Holy Spirit says to him, John, as you have honored me, I'm now honoring you with my presence. Wow. And he was the only person that could stand and, and minister. And so just listening to you say, the decisions I made over here that have got nothing to do with worship, but they're to do with the integrity of the heart or they're to do with the kingdom or to do with, the, you know, humble yourself before the Lord and he'll lift you up in due time. And saying yes to God in obedience. Yeah. It's, like it's just amazing. As we finish, would you do us a favor? Sure. There, there's, there will be many, many, many people who have been inspired by you, for sure. I absolutely know that. Who've been touched by your music and will certainly be encouraged by your words. But there'll also be songwriters and budding worship leaders. Would you pray for people just to be encouraged and for a release of inspiration and anointing on their lives as worship leaders, as creative people? Let's broaden it. Yeah. For people who want to move in creative arts. Yeah, I can do that. Um, so yeah, why don't you just stretch your hand toward the radio? <laughs> Please don't close your eyes if you're driving. Yes, yes. If you're driving and listening, listening to this, then congratulations. You have some fancy stereo stuff going on. <laughs> it's awesome. Uh, oh, gosh. I know I have to pray. Lord Jesus, just... Right now, I pray a blessing on on anybody that hears this, Lord, that you would meet them uh, where they are in this moment. And uh, I pray, Lord, that you would increase your presence on them and increase their ability to receive their, uh, just this blow them up like a balloon, Lord. And uh, uh, yeah, I just... I wish I had something clever to pray other than just do it, Lord. <laughs> I love it. That prayer sum- summarizes your approach to life, Chris. <laughs> it does. You're simple. You're straightforward. You just believe in the goodness of God. He is really good. Well, Chris McCarney, you're one of our favorite people. You're a freaking genius. You guys are amazing. And you're a dear oh, friend, and we love you to pieces. You're so sweet. And honestly, we we love that we get to live. In, we love that we're practically neighbors. We love that we get to live in the same town. We love that we keep bumping into you in the same coffee shops, and we love every time you come and lead worship at Grace Center. You're and so sweet. You're an inspiration to us, and thank you for being on the show. And have an amazing 2015. Can you believe it? No. Unbelievable. Full of adventure, Chris McClarney. Yes this this year will be an adventure. I'm excited it about it. It's going to be awesome. All right, we'll come back and see you soon. We love you. I love you. Bye. Bye.